Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we're kicking off September with a bang. Talking about them radios. So let's get started, shall we? August felt like a month. We have put it to bed. It's September time. Yeah. What What does September feel like to you? September feels like a month that September was made is, to forget. It's the end of summer. It's, and well, it used to be that school didn't start until after Labor Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now we have started school. Which is just offensive. Now have a <laughs> We've mentioned it so many times how offended I am. I'm actually offended by this. I don't get You're offended, offended for Labor Day. No, just... I don't care about it. So I always remember going back to school in the first or second week in September. Yes. That was it. That was mm-hmm. period. How it how it it's went. The beginning of fall weather, whereas now we're like sweating through summer weather, taking our kids to school and picking them up. Yep. The only advantage that September <sighs> has going for it is it's a part of Oktoberfest. Wow. That's pretty much all I got for September. So now now September is it, it's not back to school. I mean, I guess pumpkin spice. I, I don't know that I've ever. You kick things off with a pumpkin spice latte, and that is not selling it for anybody now. That I is... don't know that I've had a pumpkin spice latte. Ever? Yeah. You definitely have had it. I have? Spice. Yeah, of course you have. Who of would have, you have gotten it for me? I'm sure I've gotten you one. Really? Well, when when I get mine, shipped <laughs> to me, right? When the, when the pumpkin feeling comes on strong. And the and the whites hand me the the pumpkin spice latte. Pumpkins or the just PSL not, as we call it on the streets. It's it's just not a gourd that speaks to me. <laughs> no, not like it does to to us. That is our gourd. <laughs> oh my gourd. <laughs> oh my gourd. Uh, welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast, everybody. We thank you so much for clicking on the podcast and listening to us every week, wherever you listen to podcasts. It means a lot to us. But we like to kick off the show with the ham radio minute it's never a minute and this is a humble request from me to you dear listener uh i encourage you uh get yourself some kind of portable power solution not like a not like a big battery to lug around or anything like that just have the ability to charge a ham radio on the go oh my god i love the jackery so much the little jackery it's pretty cool right oh i love it it's yeah. the best. It's like it's like the baby jackery. You get the mommy jackery. Well, if you think about it, it's like jackery. the portable truck that you drive around in. Yeah. <laughs> the truck ports itself, <laughs> but the jackery is portable. Yes. Okay. You have to port it. And the only reason I'm using the jackery is because yeah. Why I have are you using the jackery? Tennis ball launcher. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I either use the jackery, or I have to load this thing up with a million D batteries. <laughs> no, <laughs> use the jackery. We don't have any D batteries. But we've got a lot of like weather disasters going on, emergency situations. And I'm not saying ham radio is the solution to an emergency situation, but it is a solution to some emergency situations. And wouldn't it be nice if you just had like that sorted out that you don't necessarily have to freak out about charging it all the time? You have a USB charged option, right? You've got a a radio with a cable that you just kind of keep it together, living together as one. Uh, And then you have a couple of, you know, 
repeaters loaded on the radio that are active repeaters so you took the time to figure it out it's a little project but it's a good project so consider adding that to your uh, list of things to do as we as we get into september Leia, would you like to take a test? Oh, that's right now. Every time. Always surprising for you. <laughs> Just jumps right out at you every show. It really show. does. Every it show. really does. Every show. Uh, I am still in sub-element G1. I have okay. seen 71% of the questions in this sub-element. Sub-element activate. Apparently, I haven't seen an entire section of this sub-element, though, because, you know, it's like each sub-element has A, B, C, D. Sure. I haven't yeah. seen E at all. It's just out there. Yeah. It's just out there. And of the 71... Mm-hmm. No, of all of the questions... The metrics here are just crazy. I'm at 40%. My goodness. Wow. Which is more than half. Okay. The first question reads, how long is a certificate of successful completion of examination valid for exam element credit? A, 180 days. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> B, for as long as your current license is valid. C, 30 days. Or D, 365 days. I got this wrong. It's 365 days. Mm -hmm. It's not tied to your license. Nope. So you have to do it over and over again? Every year? No. So <laughs> explain this to me. The certificate's only valid uh -huh. for a year. Correct. And if the license was free, this would be a problem for nobody. Get it yet? Oh, because you have to pay for it? Correct. So if you haven't paid your $35 to the FCC, then c'est la vie. So the certificate of completion is worthless in a year. If Correct. Okay. You have to test again. Wow. Not that the test changes, hypothetically. It could. Uh, but I wonder if that's... So that must invalidate it, right? If the license pool changes while you have a valid test completion <laughs> no, form it's fine you just grandfather yourself in yeah what do you no, mean no listen to what i'm saying it's good for 360 days right 365 days okay 365 days you take the license exam yes get your completion your, yes. your form uh-huh but then the license pool flips what does it matter five days after you take the test what does it matter is it still good of course it is you think so yes because you passed at that know. time don't know i don't know New license pool. Who dis? That doesn't invalidate everybody's license who didn't take the new one. Not if you didn't lock it in. What? $35. <laughs> lock it you in. You already demonstrated your knowledge and I'm mastery sure. of the subject. I, I, I'm with you. Logically, <laughs> I'm with you. That has never gotten in between the FCC and the decision in the past, right? All right. The next question reads, what is the minimum age that one must be to qualify as an accredited volunteer examiner? A, 18 years. B, there's no age limit. C, 21 years. Or D, 16 years. And the answer is 18 years. Correct. 
-hmm. Unlike the license, you could be any age to get your amateur radio license. You must be 18 to be a volunteer examiner. All right. What is the maximum symbol rate permitted for RIDI or data emission <laughs> transmissions on the 10 meter band? A, 19.6 kilobaud, B, 56 kilobaud, C, 300 kilobaud, or D, 1200 baud? The answer is D, 1200, 1200 baud. Bod. Boy, howdy, did I really kick a hornet's nest with that video that I posted. What? I posted a video doing a bit of a reaction. To, to Riddy? To Republican Lesko. What are you talking about? It's a video that I posted, okay? What is a Republican Lesko? Re Representative Lesko is also a Republican out of Arizona, made a bill, proposed a bill, to force the FCC to get rid of the symbol rate limit. Okay. And go to a bandwidth limit. All right. So I made a reaction video like, yay, yay go Debbie Lesko. The ARRL supports this effort. They uh -huh. had uh, verbiage in it. Many hams support this effort. But you know who doesn't support this uh, effort? No, who? Also many hams. <laughs> <laughs> Different hams. And I started getting like anonymous messages from Threatening people, you? Just like telling me, you should really go read up on all this before you go talking about it. I will say Rhea from Rhea's Ham Shack, she did reach out and say, hey, you, uh, your video's okay, but you got a lot of people upset about it, and uh, you should probably go look into some of the dissenting opinions. Um, people are big mad. I'm pretty sure I understand the dissenting opinions, and uh, I still am uh, I'm okay. What is the dissenting okay. opinion? What is your opinion, and then what is your dissenting I, opinion? I almost want to talk about this as the show topic, but maybe we should give you a taste of it now because we're in the middle of the testing so oh my god i don't know how to i don't know how to sum this up okay once upon a time before there was high-speed data or whatever like that mm -hmm. we used to send characters over wireless and wired means mm -hmm. and we went at the speed of ascii right ascii was like the, mm -hmm. the 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 mode if you will sure mode's the wrong term but it's like the the data transmission. Mm -hmm. It's how we transmitted the data. No, it's not also how we transmitted the data. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's how we digitize characters mm -hmm. to make them be able to send, blah, blah, blah. So the amount of symbols that you could send in a second is called the symbol rate. Yes. And since everything was ASCII-based, the FCC said, well, we'll just make the speed of data be based on symbol limit. Okay. So that was the speed limit that they set back mm -hmm. in the 80s. Well, since that time... Technologies improved to the point that we don't need to have a symbol rate limit. We need to just have a bandwidth limit or really not even a bandwidth limit. We just no have limits. No limit because at some point, and I'll get to, there's some pitfalls to this, but let's assume um, you got a speed limit. That no limit, ritty riders. Right, no limit. <laughs> uh, you got a speed limit that the data could go in. And as long as you stayed in that, bandwidth it doesn't really matter how fast you go how many characters you send how much data you send sure. nobody cares right mm -hmm. well that law that rule still exists from the 80s the fcc hasn't mm -hmm. got rid of this rule law is the wrong term this rule so hams in the united states have had to just kind of like make do with this baud rate limit and it's frustrating for some of them because we're pretty much the only country that still has a baud rate limit the rest oh. of them all gone to a bandwidth limit. Mm -hmm. So then you ask uh, the hams, well, what's the problem with going to this bandwidth limit instead of this symbol rate limit? 
and the people that are... we've never done it like that before, Josh. Well, that's <laughs> they won't admit that, but that's a lot of it. Uh, what a lot of them will tell you is, frankly, um, they're worried about it getting like they're worried about these new modes that quote unquote don't exist yet. Some of them do clobbering things like Morse code and other like lower intensity, lower signal, narrow bandwidth modes. Because currently the digital modes that we're talking about right now mm -hmm. have to share that same space where the CW operators are. Okay. So the CW operators are saying, get off my lawn. This is my lawn. Right. I don't want you getting any bigger. Mm -hmm. You're already too big from my point of view. I don't like you. I don't want you here. So they're like, no, of course, they're against it. Okay. Anything that would give them more power, more speed, greater bandwidth, for instance, mm -hmm. they don't want it. They don't want anything to do with that. Okay. So that's the that's the major people who are against it. Folks who are really into like Morse code contesters really mm -hmm. against this, right? Um, some other folks are against it too. One of the reasons, and and they're and the CW guys will point to this is well, you don't understand. The issue is it harkens all the way back to Winlink, back when hams that were also sailboat enthusiasts and boating enthusiasts yes. would use amateur radio to get their email use via Winlink. Sure. Well, those Winlink that Winlink data packet or that mm -hmm. area. That was in the digital space. Right. And some of the the automated systems that the Winlink station was connecting into was was automated, mm -hmm. almost like a repeater kind of. Yeah. And so people could be having a QSL on Morse code and somebody could connect to the Winlink repeater and it would be right next to the contact or sometimes right on the contact and just clobber it because it's semi-automatic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of folks that were using Winlink weren't really listening at the time to people making sure there wasn't somebody on the band. So sure. they weren't being good either, okay. right? All right. So they they've got a valid complaint. The problem is is that How can they listen if it's automatic? Well, so the uh, the software that connects for Winlink is supposed to be listening to the signals mm -hmm. and it'll tell you when it thinks the space is busy. Mm. And you're not supposed to transmit when it's busy. But some people just go, "Nah, it's okay, just go." It's a Morse code guy. We don't care. They don't they don't care. They don't know who I am. So that pisses some people off. There's obviously more things to this. It's it's actually a very deep discussion, mm -hmm. but um, I I think uh, people just got to get over it, and we got to share the space. Digital modes are what the what the youths are into. Mm -hmm. It brings young people into the hobby. It is adds functionality to the hobby. It, it adds functionality to the hobby. So I think we just need to get over it, get over ourselves a little bit, share the space. That's it. Sorry. Sorry, things have changed. I'm sorry about that, but you're not sorry. Though. No, I am because I, I do I do appreciate and feel bad that yeah they've all enjoyed this uh, this thing they've had for a really long time, but digital modes have, have taken over. They become more popular than ever. They are the FT8 is the most popular mode of operation. Mm -hmm. Period. If you if you piled up all other modes of uh, communication, FT8 is number one. Piled them up against it, it's the most. Now, FT8 is still low bandwidth, low signal, not a big deal, yeah. right? But it's just a telling of the way things are going to be. More digital modes. It's just it's just how it's going to be. It's not going to get rid of CW. It's not going to get rid of single sideband, but we've got to make space. Everybody's got to get a space at the table. Yeah. There you go. Kind of like the postal service. The band? Yeah. No. <laughs> It's like you can still deliver mail on a horseback, but you can't send your babies with the mail carriers to ship them from one place to another.
I'm not you know, proposing things moonlighting change. things like shipping babies <laughs> in the form of ham radio. I'm saying we all got to have a space. We all got to be in it together. I'm just saying things change. Things change. That is true. You used to be able to ship babies via USPS. Mm -hmm. Now you can't. Again, I'm not proposing we can't <laughs> ship babies. And I've never been against shipping babies. <laughs> Let me just be really clear about that, okay? I was against the post office going away from that. <laughs> I wanted to be shipped as a baby. <laughs> but the the way shipping works now is it's not one person on horseback, right? They ship babies via train, Leia. That that whole thing was a, was about trains. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. You, you thought there was a dude on a horse carrying a baby? Yeah, like short distances. Any... Like okay. short distances, like from one town to another town. Like here's I got, a, this I got mail, your baby. I got this mail, and here's some babies. And here's some babies. <laughs> yes, multiple babies now. Maybe it was a nanny service, you know, that rode horses, and were also USPS. No, they were delivering the babies to the nanny service. You better keep going with your test. Okay. What action is required to obtain a new general class license after a previously held license has expired and the two-year grace period has passed? What? A, there are no requirements other than being able to show a copy of the expired license. B, the applicant must show proof of the appropriate expired license grant and pass the current element two exam. See, they must have a letter from the FCC showing they once held an amateur or commercial license. D, contact the FCC to have the license instated. And the answer is B, the applicant must show proof of the appropriate expired license grant and pass the current element two exam. Okay. There you go. When operating a station in South America by remote control over the internet from the U.S., what regulations apply? A, only those of the remote station's country. B, only those of the FCC. Okay. C, both the remote station country and the FCC. Or D, those of the remote station's country and the FCC's third-party regulations. So you're operating a station in South America uh -huh. by remote control, okay. but you are in the U.S. controlling it from the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's A, only those of the remote station's country. There you go. Which makes sense. Sure. That's where the transmitter is. Yeah. 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 Doesn't matter how you got there. But. How many have I done? I think yeah. that's five. That's it? Yeah. So if you'd like to study along with Leia, we recommend hamstudy.org. It's a great place to take practice exams for whichever 
test your own technician, general or extra. They got you covered. If you like books, and who doesn't like books, we recommend the Gordon West. Well, Ben's reading his technician book right now. Gordon West Ham Radio Test Prep Books. They are available on Amazon, and we have links in the show notes to them, as well as the the fast track to your ham radio license books that are on Audible. I am an audiobook fan, so I went with the fast track to your ham radio license books. I found them really helpful for uh, extra. There is links in the show notes to them as well, so check it out. Join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast and or emailing us at leahathamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. We really do. Yeah. We have three reviews. <gasps> well, thank three. you. And I think, I, I think it's actually three, uh, but I'm going to read them. By the way, they're not in order either. You'd think that the website would put them in the order in which mm. they were sent, but nope, that's not working. So the first one's from Trailer Dweller. Approved. It's good. Trust me. I'm a certified truck driver. Oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was August 24th. So it was right as we were recording the last episode. I think we okay. missed it. But this one. So this is a three-star review. Oh. From Zed Larson. Z Larson. Okay. Sweet Baby Rays is the title. Okay. Technically, this was sent yesterday. It's really weird. Okay. I just went and re-downloaded the Apple Podcast app to say that you need to continue the CW portion of the podcast. Oh. Dit, dit, dit. Da, da, da. Dit, da, dit. Dit, da, dit. Da, dit. Da da, but why? Why are we gonna listen to a three star review? <laughs> so dit 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 is S. Okay. Da 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 is O. Dit da dit is R. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What's the other one? Dit da dit is R. Sorry. Da dit da da is Y. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Thanks for sharing. L-I-C-W with us all. I'm a month into the classes. That's Long Island CW Club. I wonder if people dislike the preparedness corner because of the aggressive intro, question mark, impossible. No. No. Intro is what makes it great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 73 from N7ZJL. Oh, buddy. All right. What What a call sign with that CW weight. Now, here's in parentheses. The app won't let me click on the stars, but I have you five stars on the previous screen. Oh, okay. So, Take it back. I'm totally going to listen to you now. Maybe Morse Code Corner is back on the So table. I think he had some problems, but anyway. All right. Thank you so much for yeah. the review. This is from a five-star review oh. from Cat Pastor. Oh. Love Josh. Cat cups. Love Josh and Leia. Oh. Full disclosure, I am not a ham, mm. but my husband is. This podcast is one we both enjoy listening to in the car. Thanks to Josh and Leia for keeping us entertained and preventing squabbles on what we are going to listen to on long car rides. Oh, thank you so much. Preparedness Corner is my favorite segment. I also (gasps) enjoy trying to learn Morse code with Leia. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you. So those are 
fantastically nice uh, reviews. Thank we you really so do appreciate much. everybody sending. Sorry those. for the poor reaction to the three stars. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, so appreciate everybody sending their reviews over at Apple Podcast. It really does work. It's just like sending a thumbs up on the it YouTubes does. or leaving a comment. And it makes us feel all it, warm it, it, it and makes, fuzzy. It makes inside. Leia want to keep doing it. That's really the only reason to send them. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what it does to Apple. I think I tell her that Apple cares. Apple don't care. Apple does care. Apple don't care. It does. You care. That's all I it, know. It, uh, it influences where you end up in the charts. Yeah. Okay. With that said, scary, scary music time. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into the unknown I will go, for I shall fear no man of these, one foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Love it. Love it so much. Mm -hmm. All right, well, this week's Preparedness Corner is about disaster warning sources. Okay. All right. I'm, I I, I kind of know where we're going with this, but it could be different things. Sure. A question was posed. I was wondering what sources you all use to track incoming or potential disasters. I avoid politics, so I don't follow the news. But this leads me to not knowing about things like the hurricane till the last minute. I mean, you can watch the news and not. Or read the news and not get political about it. The hurricane is not trying to get elected I, in a primary from a major <laughs> political party. The hurricane's mugshot is not drunk. <laughs> I have found, and I know this has changed some, but uh, local news is less that. Oh, I think less local political. news for weather's great. Well, yeah, but then you have to slog through all the other junk to get to that mm -hmm. if it's weather related uh have a weather radio you know why not have a weather radio i know, know noah's always listening but having a weather radio is always a good idea i i don't care much for our local news but i really love other places local news when they have these special interests segments and they have different like chef personalities come on from from their own cities okay and everything goes completely haywire that's that's one of my faves i understand <laughs> um okay okay all right so here are the suggestions noah weather radio apparently some people find the robot voice to be soothing that person will do very well when the AI overlords take over. When Noah's, yeah. in fact, leading your life. Yeah. Apparently, Noah has a Climb app that's uh, really good. It requires a subscription. And obviously, Noah being able to see everything on your phone now. <laughs> but, hey. I'm not a fan. Great app. <laughs> no. Not for me. Uh, let's see. The your local city and counties usually have an emergency alert system that you can sign up for by text. Okay, I know that sure. our city has one, LA County has one, Orange County has one. I mean, you can literally s sign up for any county you want for alerts. Uh, 
yeah, why not? Sure. If your parents live in a different county or city, you could, yeah, why not? Makes yeah. sense. And I mean, you can select all kinds of notifications. I get things by email and text so much so that it's like, it's all spam now. Yeah, I don't pay attention. Yeah. To <laughs> no, everything could be an emergency or not. I wouldn't know at this point. I'm desensitized to everything. Yes. FEMA has an app that has helpful alerts. If you're on Twitter, mm -hmm. which doesn't exist anymore, right? Isn't it? X. X? Just X. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Just X. It's, it's just extreme. Is that what it is? It's just X. But why would you rebrand like that? I mean, to be fair, the x.com just forwards to Twitter. Twitter is like still Twitter. Then why the x? I don't understand. Uh, Anyways, there is a Elon Twitter likes. account called Raw's Alerts. Okay. And they cover breaking news like weather events, active shooters, plane crashes, fires, and okay. they deliver the news before anywhere else. I'm assuming because they don't have to vet anything. <laughs> we just go. While... Dog, we just run it. <laughs> While the news is attempting to verify sources, <laughs> Twitter is like, this is what's happening. We run anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can obviously get Google alerts for earthquakes. Uh, the USGS.gov site, earthquake.usgs.gov. Mm -hmm. uh, volcanoes, USGS.gov also has a volcano watch. Uh, solar flares and asteroid trackers, space weather. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then somebody recommended having family members or friends, like a network of people. To just like stand outside? No. <laughs> About every 20 to 50 miles away. And you get on a group chat and then you okay. share anything news related. Right. It sounds like what a net is every morning. Right. I was like, this sounds a lot like ham radio. <laughs> but and you is. just wait for the, the first person that, that gets a, a dropped from the, the, the group call. Because they lost signal. Right. That's where the weather hit first. That's how you know where it hit. And I think I mentioned before there is the Citizen app, which is really great. Because Citizen. it allows people to post videos and things firsthand. And then other people can corroborate it mm -hmm. with additional videos. So instead of waiting for the news to pick up these videos by finding them on social media... It's just all on Citizen. It really makes the news irrelevant. <laughs> like, I, <you> can... <laughs> I've stopped watching the news years ago. I just don't have the time for it. Particularly cable news. I hate it. I hate it. I just find now that people are much more reliable a source mm -hmm. than a lot of news outlets. Well, I don't think that people are any more or less reliable. I think we've just gotten better at like somewhat filtering things out. But then again, that's not really true either. In some cases, people have gotten like dumber when it comes to technology. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. I feel so. I have stepped down as co chair for the Reflections Art Program. 
It's a PTA program. Yes. And so somebody took over for me. Mm -hmm. And when I explained the things that had to happen for this program, which included updating a website, Mm -hmm. all was lost. Right. (laughs) They were like, I don't know how you were doing all of this by yourself. Like... I I don't know. I logged in to the website. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how to change anything. <laughs> I'm like, it's just a WordPress site. You just go into the it's menu. Log, dog. Options. And then you change the things you need to change. Mm-hmm. And they're like, can we hop on a Zoom so that you can show me? I how want to- you to take control of my computer <laughs> yeah. on a Zoom and do it. That's what I want you to do. And I mean, luckily, I'm I'm very fond of this person. So <laughs> luckily, <laughs> so I was. If this I was, was a much, lesser person, I was like, I'll just I'll do it. I'll update it. It took like five minutes or whatever. And then she was like, "But can can you show me how to do it?" And I'm like, "You just log in and you go do the things." Could you not <laughs> like, just try? <laughs> Could you try trying? And Let's then, do trying first. How's that sound? And then <laughs> here's the funniest part. Mm-hmm. She asked me for the QR code for the website. Okay. Which, all right, I I provided the QR code. Okay. Okay. And then she asked me to put the QR code on the website. <laughs> and, what? And I'm like. But you'll already be on the website. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, maybe you could take a picture of the website's QR code if you wanted to share it with somebody else. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're already on the website. You're trying to get the QR code. <laughs> I need to take a screenshot of the website I'm on so I don't forget. About the website. Because if you want to share it, Mm -hmm. if you're already on the website, you can just share the URL. But what if I don't have their phone number? (laughs) How will I share it? I'm on my phone. You know what the worst thing is? Yeah. If you send somebody a QR code on their phone. Yeah. Not all the QR codes actually will like hyperlink to open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're sent. No, yeah, yeah, no. So I then you have to find a way to get your You have to print phone. the picture. <laughs> you have to send it to another phone. Yes. So you can QR code yes. the QR code. Yes. That's right. Yes, now you get it. The modern human. <laughs> the troubles we have to deal with to get access to our important, our important websites. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> that's ridiculous. And that's it for the preparedness corner. Oh, that's it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, are we doing CW? C-dubs? Oh, yeah. Okay, but are, are you going to do the thing where it's you let me hear the single letters first? No. What do you mean? I need to hear the single letters by themselves first. Not you saying da 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 Yeah. Okay, hold on. Fine. I thought you were going to get a key. To I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to do that. Okay. Hold on. All right, so I'm back with a key. A key, okay. a key. Okay. No, 
Now you're going to do each letter, right? We're doing M, K, and R. M. 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 K. 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 Mm -hmm. R. R. Okay, that's okay. All right. There you go. Is that good? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. No, thank you, Bagali. That was a well, well paid. Well, well paid. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> we really get the work out of that uh, Bagali <laughs> traveler that I'm rocking. So, for those of you that are curious, what we're doing, I'm running an MCT-73, so Mike Charlie Tango-73 from Spark Gap Labs. It is a CW trainer as well as just a CW keyer. So that's what I was using. I was using a CW, the keyer, and I plugged my CW iambic paddle into the keyer, and it allowed me to actually play Morse code. That was me doing Morse code. Okay. okay? But for training, we're going to go ahead and go into the Koch method here. So we're going to do three letters, which we already covered. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? I think so. Here we go. Three, two, one. I messed up somewhere in the middle there, but I think it's R. Yep. M R. Nope. Okay. R R M R. Okay. K R. Mm hmm. M. Mm hmm. M M. M K M. And then K M. No. M K M. Okay. Okay. Great. One more time. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Okay. And three. Yeah. M. Yeah. R R. Yeah. R. Yes. K K. Yes. R. Yeah. M M. Yeah. K. Got it. Hundred percent. Nailed it. Thank you. So, what was the difference between the first one and the second one? I listened harder. Yes. <laughs> I closed my eyes. Oh, see that helped me in the beginning. The only problem with closing your eyes later is you might start using like writing things down, mm -hmm. right? Because as we start adding more and more characters, you kind of just have to start. Well, no, you're doing that because you're you're literally just typing it, right? Yeah. So there you go. Hey, it's a great little device. I love it. Thank you so much for sending that to us. That was something we got in the uh, in our PO box, and it has Thank now become you. it has now become one of the fastest growing favorite segments on this podcast. Are you sure? We're getting reviews on it and yeah. emails. Thanks. Oh, are there emails? We got emails in the past talking about how much they like the CW like, and the preparedness corner. Okay. Well, preparedness corner. Yeah, the natch. The natch? Uh, naturally. Oh. Who doesn't sounds... like to be prepared? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why'd you say the natch? You said natch. I'm like, where did that naturally. come I forgot to do the thing. What thing? What's that noise? I forgot. Oh no! I love the drop so much. I forgot. Form of communication known as Morse code. You're right. 
I'm on a lot of practice. Stop it. Stop what? You're talking about me in Morse code. What the hell is he saying? It seems they're getting a signal. Old Morse code. That's so boop, dumb. Boop, boop, That's from Independence boop, Day. Boop, <laughs> boop, 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 boop. We got contact. We got contact. So I was saying that's so dumb to the Independence Day. Yeah. Not the boop, 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 boop. I think that's hilarious. Okay. Well, that was the drop that was supposed to be played for the CW. So just rewind it and, you know, place it correctly in your head because I have a new drop I have to do for. So the show topic. All right. So today's discussion for today is. Go on to the show. The topic of today's show is. Gentlemen, let's get down to business. Yeah. So people are getting. They're figuring out new and interesting ways to have me answer the same old question of what radio should I buy? Oh, we're we're not going to do the other thing? What? You want to talk about the symbol rate? Yeah. I pretty much covered <laughs> okay, it. Okay, great. Do you want to talk about? No, we're what fine. Else? Is there anything you'd need to know about symbol rate? No. We can talk about both. That's okay. What radio should you buy? Well, so this was an interesting one. So the, the question posed to me was, I've already got a radio. I'm licensed. I dig it. I want more of it. <laughs> what should my second radio be? A good radio. Oh. A good second radio. So that's an that's that's one of those again, time honored tradition of me throwing it back at them and saying, What's your budget? Right? Sure. So that still exists here. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna just assume, you know, whatever. Okay? What what don't you have access to with your first radio? Very good, very astute. So, yeah, that's the first thing. Is what did your journey start as? Was it like a Baofeng? Okay, so you got a VHF UHF handheld. So, what's next? Do you consider staying on the VHF UHF path? Are you going to dip a toe into HF high frequency as a technician? If you're not really planning on getting your general, well, then yeah, you're probably going to stick around the VHF UHF space. Maybe a little bit of uh, ten meters on HF. Okay. The truth is, is that I really have no idea what you will enjoy personally in amateur radio, right? That's kind of up to you. So me saying like, oh yeah, you definitely go buy this radio. And uh, if this you don't like it, one. if you don't like it, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's a little insane for me to talk that way. So I like HF. There is enough going on there to keep my interests. And I can participate in events like Parks on the Air. I can go portable. I can uh, always be challenged by building a new antenna or slightly tweaking a kit that I have that, you know, may be a little bit more effective in certain types of portable applications and whatnot. So I, I always find a lot of joy in HF. Now, okay. to juxtaposition to this, I enjoy satellites too, right? And this is a People bring up satellites often as a as a big thing for technicians like satellites. to do because you know VHF UHF. <laughs> yeah, I like satellites. I while I enjoy satellites, I always feel like I'm I'm running on the satellites' time because I literally I literally am right, right right. You have to have a satellite overhead for there to be a satellite contact. And I'm always go. Satellite's not the boss of me. Satellite's not the boss of me. I'm a strong, independent humanoid. <laughs> I don't need no satellite. Um, so I'm always go, go, go until the pass, and then it's frantic to try and make contacts on the pass, and then it's like, oh, okay, what now? And then, you know, the waiting game begins. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's kind of, not to say that that's the antithesis of what I want in ham radio, it's just something that I don't enjoy enough that I want to do it all the time. Now, why am I saying this to you? 
Well, because I know there's tons of people that absolutely love satellites, and they're not wrong in loving satellites, and I'm not wrong in saying that it's just not my favorite thing to do all the time. I, I want to do it occasionally, but not all the time. Well, what does that mean? Well, there's some radios that I just I wouldn't necessarily use as often um, if I wasn't going to do a satellite contact, right? There's some what, radios. What? what there's some radio? radios. What radio would you say you need for a satellite contact? Well, need is is tough. Uh, if you really just want to get started in satellites, all you need is a second Baofeng. You just need two Baofengs and a and a dual, you know, a, a Yagi or some kind of antenna with gain that has a a seventy centimeter portion and a two meter portion, and you put one radio on one and put the other radio on the other, and there you go. That's all you need. Uh, if you wanted to spice that game up significantly, you'd go find yourself a Kenwood D72. They're no longer made, uh, but yeah, people love those. They're they're kind of like the you know hidden gem in the satellite game. The problem with that is then you start going deeper and deeper. You're like, okay, well that's FM only. That's an FM only. But there's these satellites out there called linears, linear satellites. Linear. Linear satellites will let you do HF. So single sideband and not HF, sorry. It will let you do single sideband or uh, Morse code. Okay. Right. So with those guys, uh, those guys, you need something that will allow you to do single sideband on VHF and UHF. And that's where the Yesu 817s and 818s, you know, come into place. Mm -hmm. People will buy two of those. Oh. And they'll use one on VHF and the other on two meters. Well, isn't that fancy? Right. Or they'll get a 705 and they'll use a 705 to do that. Right. So that's like, there you go. Boom. I just said like a whole bunch of stuff. You're really into satellites. There you go. That's probably what you should be looking at. Um, but then there's people who are like, no, I just want to do satellites at home. I don't want to be portable. So I want to spend, you know, $5,000 on antennas and Yowza. radios to make that all work. And for them, that could be their second radio. I don't know. I don't know their life. I don't know what they love. Mm -hmm. But for me, again, HF, that's kind of my thing. If you're planning on staying technician, well, then, you know, maybe you should just get yourself a good mobile radio and get a good mobile antenna to go on your car. Okay. If you've liked talking on repeaters so far and you've got a good repeater in your area, well, why not consider doing more of that with a stronger radio, something like a mobile radio? There you go, right? There's right. a myriad, myriad mobile radios on Solutions. the market. Solutions. Right, myriad mobile radios on the market. Maybe you get yourself a cheap 10-meter radio and just dip a toe into parks on the air because you, you're not necessarily going to upgrade to general yet, but you want to try it. So any tone, AT6666 is, is an actual 10-meter radio, not some weird CB radio that's been you know, converted up and down to work on, uh, Morse, or on 10 meters. Works fine. You can go check that out. But if you're going full HF, right, so you're going to go get your general license, you're going to go do that whole thing. Even then, you know, the the, the the aperture opens to the point that it's like I'm one man telling you what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Really, it's going to be about you experimenting right. with the thing. So find yourself a club, right? Find other hams that are like-minded. Go on a pod activation with other people you may meet online, like on the Ham Radio Crash Course Discord, right? Mm -hmm. If you find somebody that's local to you, we'll go hang out with them, right? Figure out what you like. But if you're just looking for, like, shack comfort, I want a base station radio. I'm going to put it in the shack. I'm going to run coax out to an antenna. I'm still going to tell you, you know what? Um, get yourself a good base station radio. So that could be the Yesu FTDX10 or the 7300 or pretty much the two that I'm, you know, pointing at. I know the 710 is also new, but I feel like if you're going the 710, you might as well just get the FTDX10. That's my point of view. 
for right. Poda, um, is it in car or is it fully portable? Are you going to be backpack mobile or are you going to have a go box? Too many variables, right? There's so many things. But here's my wild card that I'm going to wrap things up with um, on this. I'm now changing my my changing some of my points subtly. I think that everybody listening, you're probably a fine enough judge of your own character and your own interests that you're probably not going to buy the wrong thing. And and let, allow me to elaborate. If the ham radios that you wanted to buy were only listed in the Sears catalog and you could never go hands-on and never watch YouTube videos mm -hmm. and never see anyone else use that thing, then yeah, I could imagine you could buy the wrong thing and be unhappy with your purchase. Sure. But with today's environment of YouTube videos and reviews and everything else we have, it seems harder for me that people are not more educated and have more buying power at this mm. point. So okay. if you think you can go make a go with a QRP radio and you want a 705, do it. If we you, believe in you. Yeah, I believe in you. If you want a QRP radio and the 705 is just too big and you want a KX2 from Elecraft, I believe you. I think you're right. If you want a base station radio and, and you just want that FTDX10 or you, forget that, you want to go straight to an ICOM 7610, I believe you too, right? Likely you've done your research, your homework by watching YouTube videos, hopefully my videos. That's obviously the right answer. Again, do everything <laughs> I say and buy everything I tell you. But no, I'm kidding, of course. There's so many videos out there in addition to mine that cover things that I've never even thought to cover in amateur radio. And there's people that are doing they're, – they're providing their own spin and their own interesting takes on those same radios. And so there's really no reason that you're going to have a bad um, – I think buying experience. If you if you take your time, watch the videos, get the reviews. Oh, I know how route. you could have a bad buying experience. Okay, how could you? Oh, if you don't discuss your radio purchases with your significant other. What? <laughs> that that could, can't be right. That could really put a damper on somebody's radio buying experience. I think. I know a guy. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. You know that you're this guy. <laughs> um went out and bought full flex radio oh wow and i think he said he bought the amplifier too and he's like yeah i didn't tell anybody i didn't even look at the screen i just clicked buy closed my eyes and clicked buy just, wow uh, wife doesn't know what i spent and then he is asking me today, he's like, but I really do want like a bug out radio, something a little bit simpler that I can make like a man pack out of. What do you recommend for that? Like, Dude, where are you getting this money from? Did you kill a guy? What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so there you go. What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Welcome to the email correspondence tower. We appreciate you sticking along with us as we get to the email portion of the show. But before we get there, there's two buildings on the side of the looming tower ahead of us. There's the physical mail depot. That's where I go to the P.O. box and I recover QSL cards and doodads that you send us. I, I did get a, P I got a card. I got a postcard. Oh. Not a QSL card, but a postcard. Oh. No name is on it. 
well, there's, you know, my address, my name is on it, but no, no name of the person who wrote it. Okay. And this individual wrote a little bit on the back that said they want me to go to someone's QRZ page. Okay. Review the information on this ham's QRZ page and maybe make a video on it. What? Very weird. Okay. Very, very weird. So I'm not going to read it verbatim. I have gone to this individual's website. And by website, I mean QS, uh, QRZ page. And uh, some of the tips and trip, trips, trips, tips and tricks, that's it. Got it. Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, there's some hot takes in there that I don't understand why they go so hard uh, <laughs> after some folks. So I, I've got to get all the way through it. But it's it's a huge list, huge list. So I am uh, I'm looking at it. I will decide if I'm going to make a video. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Okay. And next to the physical mail depot is the voicemail annex. Leia, if people would like to talk into our repeater that has memory. Yes. To leave us a voice message instead of emailing us, what number would they call? 562-334-2389. Fantastic. And away we go. Hi, this is Matt, K7YEG. Hey, and Matt. And I was just listening to the podcast. And, Josh, I was listening to your angry rant about the newspaper article dissing Hawaii and their response and some of the other stuff. And all I can think of is all the OMs out there going, yes, yes, he's ready for 18 meters now. <laughs> um, also, uh, because you're uh, doing the 3D printing thing, I just wanted to point out in other people uh, that might be listening. McMaster Car website, if you go to that website, um, a lot of their hardware, uh, nuts, bolts, um, etc., they actually have STL files on the website in their catalog that you can download really? and print that stuff out. Uh, and then I wanted to say to Dave Warner, man, good car. luck to you. Um, I've had one failed business already. It's a bit discouraging. Um, I didn't have the passion for it, so it failed. I, it, it was a side business. Um, trying to start another one that I definitely have the passion for, and I think I'll be doing much better with that one. Uh, as for your ambulance restoration videos, man, you you will succeed with that. People love it. Uh, there's a guy, Crown Rick Auto. All he does is he, he buys and restores used police cars and people love watching his videos just finding the stuff that's left over in those cars i bet um leia you were absolutely right um <gasps> thank you for the depression <laughs> uh and anger go hand in absolutely. hand absolutely um oh, dave so. warner that that letter that he wrote uh it sounded like he was telling my life story to some degree um I've dealt with all that stuff. It's hard to deal with sometimes. Um, as you get older, you, you start to learn with some self-reflection, which it sounds like Dave has. Um, you learn how to deal with a lot of it. And then the last thing I wanted to say uh, is about procrastination, Leah. My mom was going to teach me how not to procrastinate, but she never got around to it. All right, guys. Seven, three, there you go. K7YEG. Thank you. you so much, Matt. Very poignant voicemail. Yeah. Very much appreciate that. And uh, thank you for saying many encouraging words to Dave. All right. On to the next voicemail. 
So I'm currently uh, tying down some stuff in my truck bed. Uh, I'm struggling to get the slack out of the rope, even after being instructed. But I guess some things can't be taught. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay. All right. (laughs) Some things can't be taught. That's a good one. Hey, this is Chris, Alpha Echo Zero Sierra Bravo. Hey, Chris. Uh, I just wanted to say that there is a uh, there is a knot called a trucker's hitch yes. that has a kind of ratcheting effect, and uh, it's probably not as good as those ratcheting straps. But the thing about rope is rope can be untied, and if you let anyone at all near your ratcheting straps. Those straps will be done forever. They, they will be wrecked. There is no fixing them. Don't let anybody ever touch your ratcheting straps. Yes, I agree. Because they'll be gone. They'll be done. But rope, you can untie rope. It's fine. All right, thanks. Bye. There's a, there's a follow-up on this voicemail. <laughs> Hi, this is Chris, Alpha Echo Zero Sierra Bravo again, following up on my... Sounds like Chris is being hunted by a biplane. Uh, (laughs) I just thought I would say, so I don't sound like too much of a jerk, um, I uh, have not committed the... uh, I don't really know how to do a trucker's hitch. I did it once, actually, to to put up a... I don't know why uh, that's so funny. The build-up to that. but I haven't really committed it to memory. Um, <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. I think it's probably something people should know. I... Um, <laughs> also, for some ham radio content, I just saw today... Let's get that biplates back. Um, a radio design put out by the Open Research Institute called the RF Bitbanger that's supposed to be... Um, you're supposed to be able to make it out of the RF bit um, banger. Common off-the-shelf components, which uh, it's like a little QRP thing, and it uses a uh, one of those um, Arduino microcontrollers, um, which I I don't know. I mean, maybe you could just use a Pixie. That's like probably simpler but <laughs> right cool. uh the open research in- institute is uh putting out some really cool stuff it seems uh so that's the ham radio content thank uh, you um, all right thanks alpha echo zero sierra bravo seven three thank you chris the red baron has shot the crap out of the back of my plane <laughs> wrapping up the voicemail uh chris i want to say something I really like that you called back and said... I don't know how to do this. I don't this. know how to do this, but I think it works that way. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, I <laughs> feel like... What. I'll tell you what. Uh, 90% of the comments I get on YouTube telling me how to do something, like in my videos, people who I always question it. if they've actually done it. And I feel that like <laughs> the answer is no. Like they'll they'll tell you all about how you should do it, mm-hmm. but I bet you most of those folks haven't done it. So mm, they're not they're not bet. they're not talking from a place of knowing. They're talking from a place of well, I watched another video 
and have, that person yeah, did it. I have so much respect for Chris. I do too. Yeah. I, I was like, that's. Thank you. I know we we chuckled, but like perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. Well, thank you again, Chris, and on to the next voicemail. Okay. Hey, Josh and Leia. Uh, this is Andrew, K-E-H-F-H-D, your Indiana postal hey, Andrew. correspondent, uh, driving home from a POTA. This is a post-POTA voicemail. Nice. Um, post-POTA. A pretty, uh, it started out not so great, but it ended up really good, a POTA experience. I was at my good old stomping ground, Park Kilo 4192 in beautiful Northeast Indiana, and I was activating my park, as I do, and... Um, I get about five contacts, and radio cuts off. That's right, dead battery. I was sad. I was, you know, grumbling, like, because apparently I, um, yeah, my battery didn't charge, and I thought it charged, but that is beside the point. That, you know, whatever. Then I see, uh, I see someone roll up to the park, uh, parking lot near where I'm activated, in a uh, nice Volkswagen uh, Golf hatchback. Nice. The car is beside the point. <laughs> but the real story, the man inside the car. So uh, this man, uh, this man who I've never met before, uh, gets out and he parks. And I'm, I'm uh, at that point. I'm tearing down my Wolf River coil. I'm, uh, you know, starting to tear it down. I'm still kind of like in a shitty mood. Ooh. Oh. Like, oh. Sorry about that, guys. So oh. I don't want to have to change the uh, change the <laughs> rating for the podcast. Sorry about that. But I was in a bad mood, and um, I, I, I was I was I was in like you know not the greatest mood. Uh, turned on the antenna, and the guy said, "How many contacts did you make?" And I was oh. like, I, "My first reaction was, oh wow, this guy must know what parks on the air is. That's weird. He he must." Because there's a lot of us that go to that park, and right. a lot of us activating. So I've seen people, um, you know, as I as I'm activating my adventures. So, but he asked me how many contacts I made, and I was like, "Oh, not that many. My battery just died." And he said, "Well, I've got an extra one you can use." And I was like, "What?" Uh, this guy, he, he was going there to activate the park as well. Oh, nice! He's like, yeah, I always carry an extra one on me. So he gave, yeah, what? He That's amazing. Uh, so I was like, oh, cool. So I started putting the antenna back up, and uh, he asked me what band I was activating on. I was like 20 meters, and he he was like, all right, I'll activate 40. Um, so uh, we were far enough away, so it wasn't it wasn't really that big of an issue. Uh, but anyway, so he gave me this battery, and I started making contact. So. Uh, he's uh, he's over there uh, where I'm sitting at making contact, and then I'm gonna hang up and call you guys right back because it's probably gonna time. Okay, here we go. All right, good call. Hey guys, uh, Andrew with part two of my voicemail. Um, so I so I was over in my area activating on 20 meters. The mm-hmm. other guy was over in his area activating on 20 meters. 20 and then or 40. I look. Okay. And approaching the park is somebody else in a uh, station wagon. Uh, this one was a BMW station wagon. Okay. And who was driving the station wagon? None other Carlos. than uh, Carlos. <laughs> and I know between me and Doug, this is probably um, turning into the Carlos Appreciation Podcast. But uh, Carlos, Carlos rules up. And we're all just like, me and him are all just, you know, or not me and him, but me and the other guy are all just, wow, like what are the odds that three hams decided to show up to a poda. Like, you know, how many hams does it take to activate a park? That's, that's a ham but, fest um, now. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, 
the three of us had a pretty good conversation. And now you got to do it every year. I went over to where I was operating, <laughs> and he plopped down his massive uh, hundred. I think it's. I think the one he had was like 180 amp hours. But Carlos is he's turning into like the battery king, and he had a huge <laughs> massive battery. So I get I give the other guy who I apologize to the other guy if you're a listener. I am so sorry. I forgot your call sign. I have it written down though. I'm sorry. I'm bad with names, but um. But I gave him his battery back. And then Carlos, uh, you know, Carlos and I hook up in the... Um, He's like, oh, battery. Carlos is here. I don't want your battery anymore. My, uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Wes, uh, the guy who I bought the radio from. Uh, another HRCC Yay, Wes! But um, anyway, we started activating, and uh, Carlos ends up pulling out his DX commander. So he sets up his DX commander, and it's, like, right next to my wolf of recoil, and it's, like, you know, the classic you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about. (laughs) And it goes pretty well, and then we end up at some point uh, using his ICOM IC7300. So that's beside the point, though. So we're activating on 20 meters, and it gets to the point where our noise floor just shoots up to S9. And our noise floor, it gets to the point where it starts fluctuating between S5 and S9, we're having a real hard time hearing people. Um, I suggested, I was like, hey, why don't we switch to 40? So I, uh, I tuned my Wolfram recoil to 40 just to check to see, because Carlos, at that time, he didn't have the 40-meter element on his DX commander. So um, I'm sure Callum is cringing at that, that he only has a 20-meter <laughs> element. But um, anyway, um, so I checked 40 on my Wolfram recoil, and it's a lot quieter. So I was like, hey, why don't we switch to 40? And Carlos at this point was like, yeah, whatever. Like, not yeah, whatever, but like, sure, we'll try anything because the activation is going horribly. Okay, here's one Third? more. Okay. Yeah, and I, uh, I timed it out. Yep. I'm so sorry that my voice knows <laughs> You're fine. being quite long. Um, I already just got home from the park. I literally just rolled up in my driveway. So I'll try to make this the rest of the female brief, or voicemail, whatever, brief. <laughs> so um, we end up switching to 40 because Carlos was like, yeah, I'll try anything. Um, set, set up the auto here, call CQ like three times, boom, pile up on 40 meters. Nice. So, Whoa. So me and Carla start working through this like massive pile up and the pile up goes on nonstop for the next like hour or two that we're at the park. So, wow. um, so we're just That's incredible. Contact getting a pile up. And the funny thing is, uh, some of the signal reports were coming back and they would give Carlos better audio reports than me. So that kind of hurt my, my self-esteem a bit. But anyway, so we're um, so we're, we're going, making contact. Uh, and Carlos was like, man, good idea, switching over to 40. So, um, <laughs> so we end up, I end up at the end of the day when we're leaving, I have like 150 plus wow. Wow. Uh, at this park total. And so, yeah, we end up leaving pretty happy, tearing down. So overall, what started off as a not-so-great Hoda experience with my battery dying five contacts in ended up being one of the better products. Look at you turning it around. Seriously. That's awesome. Fellow hams in the wild, completely unprompted, just showing up to the park. So <laughs> I guess that's when you got a call. We all, all the hams go poda Anyway, uh, I've been speaking long enough and uh, I'll let you guys get back to the podcast. Uh, this is KE8FHB73. Go poda yeah. Andrew, thank you so much for sharing that story. Carlos is everywhere right now. Hey, Carlos I, I just, is. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, 
he's all over the podcast. Yeah. I saw him on Social uh, medias. on Vern's videos. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hanging out with uh, Renee. Yeah. Renee and Vern. Yeah, Renee jumped out of a plane with Carlos. Now she's Many looking to people. get her solo uh, yeah. <laughs> accreditation. Carlos is just talking to people into jumping out of planes. That's all, all he's trying to do now is <laughs> just target hams into jumping out of planes. That's really all this is about. I get, it. I get it. All right. Well, I'm so happy to hear about your successful poda. Yeah, that's awesome. Great job. So I am writing a song about getting my door locks replaced. There's going to be a key change at the end. <laughs> Good. All right. <laughs> you know what I really love about these puns? In voicemail, nobody's telling you who it is. Yeah, nobody knows who it is. Yeah, they they don't want you to know, Josh. I yeah. I can understand. It's probably good for everybody. Hey, this is Kevin. Hey, Kevin. A four KBM out of Virginia, and uh, just absolutely rolling on this last. Uh, uh, <laughs> Oh, no. Conversation about tie-downs, et cetera, and so forth. Josh, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. Yes, give Josh the advice about tie-downs. If stuff doesn't fall out, it's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay? Give it a rest. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and uh, don't let perfect be the enemy of Exactly. We're not even. You know what? The we're not even in words, the realm of wise perfect. Words. Anyway, uh, you didn't even see it. You, you lost, Josh. Uh, <laughs> kudos, no. Kudos, <laughs> Thank uh, you. You got it done <laughs> and uh, successfully, and have at it. Uh, so, see, wise, wise now. man, Kevin. Uh, oh. Working on a uh, woo wee uh, portable. Oh. And yes, the sucker does work uh, very well. Um, and it's uh, you can power off a, uh, uh, a LifePo battery. Works great. Um, and uh, doing upgrades and things like that uh, does very well. Uh, maybe a little bit. Uh, more clunky than a laptop. However, there are very few laptops that have a whole bunch of stuff, uh, USB ports and things of that nature that will uh, actually work very well uh, out in the field. But, hey, uh, you might want to take a look at it. It's uh, a couple hundred bucks, uh, but not bad. Mm -hmm. uh, nice, so, thank you. Uh, that's it. And uh, again, this is Kevin, WA4 KBM. Have a good one. I Bye. I understand Thank your you. point, Kevin. I get No, we're point. moving on. No, from, no. We're no, moving no. on from that. No, no, I understand. But I want to tell point. you how I messed up a USB port. <laughs> <laughs> we were not even in the realm of perfect with the proposed strapping down. That was happening. You you didn't even see it. it. It doesn't matter. We don't listen. It was fine. You don't pack a truck up in the hopes everything goes right. You pack a truck up 
to prevent anything from I going told wrong. you I had it tensioned with the the, the safety cone the safety cones and it's it was fine it's nothing was going to move it's for safety it's in the name it's for safety yeah <laughs> it's a safety cone I'm sure there'll be more emails on this. I don't need to say anything else. I, th I think it's fine. And I, I, I you know yeah. what? I have a feeling that all the emails are actually going to be in my favor. I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. And do you know fine. what? Because I drove over multiple speed bumps and nothing fell out. It's never See? the point. Though. Yeah. I, the, the fact that... <laughs> this is less voicemail. Here we go. Oh, yes. This is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu, Nathan in southern Vermont. Hey, Nathan. I remember, that's where I live. That's where you I, live. Uh, <laughs> this week, I wanted to share uh, a couple good. instances of uh, when people um, are in movies and, and they're talking about some uh, radio stuff. So I was watching an older movie um, from, I believe it's 1968, Ooh. and it's called Ice Station Zebra. Oh, no, mm -hmm. Josh is going to so watch this immediately. A, a submarine movie on a rescue mission and some uh, espionage and subterfuge and stuff like that. I so love espionage and subterfuge. Zebra in, in the Arctic <laughs> uh, Circle area where it's all icy, so they got to go in a submarine under the ice and then break through and stuff like that. So they get to the station, and they're trying to call back to the submarine, and they're like, why can't we get back to submarine? They didn't know that the submarine was under the ice, so not getting their uh, radio signals. And uh, one of the technicians uh, said, well, sir, in in areas of vis visible uh, auroras, we're having um, sporadic E, and um, so we're having issues in the, the signals bouncing too far, so they're not getting it um, to mm -hmm. go closer. Okay. Um, submarine that's under the ice that they didn't know it was there. Um, so I thought that was a little neat. Um, uh, talking about uh, visual auroras, like the aurora borealis in the uh, aurora north. Aurora borealis. Um, causing sporadic um, That's their explanation. And I'll, uh, Do hams go out to I see will, the aurora borealis? I uh, write in. Mm -hmm. So that they can sporadic uh, About a... Mm -hmm. A TV episode of an old uh, TV show where they have um, someone complaining about um, interference on their TV and <laughs> suspecting some ham radio. So maybe I'll write in or maybe I'll do uh, another voicemail. So this is Kilo One Mike Afazulu making sure I am part of each and every podcast. Thank you, Nathan. Um, and this is on Wednesday. So, yeah. Hope you didn't record already. We made it. Nathan has like PTSD from months. I know. I feel bad. I'm so sorry. It was like just such a last minute decision. All right. Thank you, everybody who called in with a voicemail. I love to hear everybody's voices. Yeah. Well, that means so nice. Thank you for the voicemails. Leah, would you like to give the number again? Yes, it is 562. Three three four two three eight nine. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you for that. So everybody, if you'd like to just uh, send us a voicemail, it's nice. We can hear your voice instead of just having Leia read your email. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Leia's voice is, is awesome, but sometimes it's fun to mix it up a bit. With that said, it's time to start climbing the tower 
If you want to email us, Leah at hamtactical.com, if you can tell us a little bit about your ham radio journey, what you've been up to. If you have a question, obviously that's what we're here for, Leah specifically. Um, and uh, if you send us a merch idea, go over to hamtactical.com. That helps support our channel and also our podcast. If you go to hamtactical.com, all those ideas, or a good chunk of them at least, were ideas that were provided by the viewers. Yeah. Leah's already smiling because she's reading the first email, I think. Mm -hmm. She's very excited. Okay. Well, we might as well get started. The first email is titled, It's Fine. It's not fine. And it this is from B. Murphy. Josh, I use fine. ratchet straps as rope all the time. The end. Ha. And that's B. Murphy, K5, UDO. Yeah. That's right. It's fine. Thank you, B. Murphy. I appreciate Make sure to send me a picture of your um, next strap-up <laughs> job, B. Murphy. All right. I would like to see how you do it. I'm not saying he's... I'm not disagreeing with him. You're just I'm disagreeing just, with me. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The next email is titled, I finally have a reason to write the CW Lounge. <laughs> the CW Lounge. Okay. Yes. And this is from Andrew. Hello, you wonderful duo of ham radio entertainment. I am a newer listener to your wonderful podcast and hope this is the right email address to use. You got it, Andrew. You got Nailed it. it. Thank you so much for the kind words about the podcast, too. Mm -hmm. Just a little backstory on me. I would still say I'm newly licensed. I got both my tech and general at the same time back in February. Please, no bell. I want to save that for my extra. All right. No bell. No bell. Oh, he's going to save them all up? Yeah, so we'll just three times at your extra. Got okay. it. And now I don't like to think of the time when I wasn't licensed. And my wife prefers to only think of those times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, That's funny. I love the hobby. So does my two-year-old son who is always asking to, quote unquote, talk on the radio. That's one of my favorite videos of Ben is when Ben is going, it's a radio. Radio. <laughs> Yeah, radio. Radio. <laughs> and there's there's also one of him reading the the novel Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, It's about dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> and then he's like, he's pointing <laughs> like like see, but there's no pictures of the book. Right, so right, right. I don't know what two year old Ben is doing. It's about dinosaurs. I don't know. Yeah. What's your problem, lady? <laughs> he, knew, he knew it was about dinosaurs. Though. Right, yeah. right. Anyway, the reason I'm writing in is for your new CW segment, Needing a Name and a New Merch Idea All in One. Oh. I am a few episodes behind, so I apologize if this has already been taken care of. In the vibe of a 70s, 80s smoky piano lounge, we welcome you to the CW Lounge. Grab a drink, sit back, and let the dits and daws carry you away. Now... I have to tell you about the CW Lounge. It's good. The CW yeah. already has something called the CW Lounge. Like, uh, that's my understanding. The network CW we has... We call the segment of our podcast yeah. the CW Lounge. What I'm saying, but I can't put it on a t-shirt. I can't. If put we don't CW use their iconography lounge. and we have our own iconography, I'm sure it's fine. I know, people would be so confused. They'll they'll think that we're doing some kind of like supernatural romance teen drama over Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. 
like the Vampire Diaries. Typed out CW. in Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. CW well, Lounge. Well, I we'll, like it. I like we'll workshop it. this. As for a merch idea, a scene of a piano player with a small group of people standing around them with drinks at hand, but instead of a piano, it's a straight key that will easily sell millions of shirt stickers and newborn onesies. <laughs> Wait, what? What is it again? It's a piano players. Piano players. It's a piano player and people standing around listening to the piano player with drinks in hand. But instead of a piano, he's playing a straight key. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. yes. Harder to depict on a shirt. But yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for everything you two do. Your friend from the Centennial State, Andrew, K0KBB73. Well, thank you so thank much, you. Andrew. And if we make that. You will get one for free. But thank you already for the uh, the idea of the yeah. CW Lounge. I like it. All right. The next email is titled Newly Minted Ham Technician. And this is from Terry. Hello, Josh and Leia. Or is it Leia and Josh? See, well, hey, it's up to you. I'm fine either way. Yeah. <laughs> Here's how I started my journey. I was reading an ancient forest Mims book on electronics. They were sold okay. by an amazing store from the Wayback Times called Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> I asked myself, Is what am I to Radio do Shack with electronic skills once I learn them? Maybe I can build a little radio receiver. I got on YouTube and searched for how to build a radio. Found some guy talking about how I should buy a big stack of ARRL books to both learn electronics and about radios. I sat for a moment, overwhelmed by the vast noise being forced into my eyes by the YouTube oracle. Mm. So I did what people do and turned off YouTube. <laughs> Fast forward to a week from today when I made an impulsive decision to drive from my house in the middle of Tennessee to Huntsville, Alabama, to the Hamfest. Alabama. I told my wife, if I get there with a comfortable amount of time, I'm going to take the technician test. Otherwise, wow. we'll wander about and see interesting things. Don't worry, I didn't go in cold. I studied for a few weeks by reading the ARRL technician book and most of the way and blazed through the hamradioprep.com courses Excellent. and was scoring no less than 91% and no greater than 97% on maybe seven to nine practice tests. I now identify as a ham. Ah. Congratulations. Congratulations. And my pronoun is KQ4KUD, but you may refer to me by my assigned at birth designation, Terry. Well, thank you. Can we use call sign as a pronoun? As a, as a pronoun. <laughs> That's a very long pronoun. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the joke that he identifies as a ham. I do. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for the great podcast. I listen on my long drive to work and it makes the journey to the office enjoyable. Excellent. Well, thank you for having us yes, along on you. the ride. 73 Terry KQ 4 KUD. Well, congratulations again. And uh, thank you for your wordsmithing. Very pleasant. I do. Yes. Thank you. Very good. 
All right. The next email is titled Ideas for Portable and Permanent Masts. Mm. And this okay. comes from David. Hi, Josh and Leia. Love the podcast. Been listening for years. Well, thank Whoa, you for listening. Years. Thank you. In recent podcasts, a few people have written in asking for ideas for masks, either masks for setting up something sort of permanent setup at their QTH or something that could be taken with them for operating portable. Mm -hmm. My solution for this was given to me by my Elmer. I live in a neighborhood, not an HOA, and was wanting to put up a Skyloop antenna for operating HF. The perimeter of my backyard was big enough to make this possible, but I needed a way to get the wire in the air. My Elmer suggested to get some surplus military tent poles. These poles come in four foot sections that fit into each other and they come in two flavors, either aluminum or fiberglass. You should taste neither. I mean, this is... Those are two things that I don't want to call flavors. <laughs> Let oh, somebody flavors. try to okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to test them out in that way. For my installation, I went with the aluminum poles. I stacked five of the four foot poles on top of each other to make a twenty foot tall mast. To make the mast poles more sturdy, I put stainless steel bolts through where each of the four foot sections fit together. To put the bolts in, I would put two of the four foot sections together, then drill a hole where both of the poles were connected, then put the bolt through and secure it with lock washers and nut all stainless steel. At the top of the mast, I put a stainless steel eye bolt so I could run a rope through mm -hmm. to raise and lower the wire if it needed if needed for repairs. Okay. I built three of these 20-foot masts to get the sky loop in the air. Okay. I attached one of the masts to the house and one to the privacy fence using a conduit clamp that were secured in the middle to the wood with lag bolts. The third mast was attached to a metal fence post using stainless steel band clamps. The end result was a 40 meter sky loop at about 20 hmm. feet that has a triangle shape and all works great. Interesting. That's a really nice. good idea. Yeah. I, um... <clears throat> I mistakenly, so somebody reached out to me on the Discord and they said, look at this thing that I came across like when I went to a surplus, went to a swap meet where there was a surplus guy mm -hmm. and it was these tent poles. I thought, and so did he mistakenly, we thought that was some kind of uh, antenna mast set up. But oh. no, it's it's like for a big tent, like a like a big, big military tent. Ah, these four foot, four foot poles. They're really robust. So now that I know they're actually the tent poles, I looked them up and yeah, sure enough, they're the exact same thing. So gotcha. yeah, they're robust. That'll that'll definitely do the job, assuming that he's uh he's guying them out okay. As for portable, I have used the fiberglass poles for a temporary mast for my two meter seventy centimeter antenna while camping. Cool. Just stack them and strap them to the upright of a pop-up canopy. I feel like I'm rambling a bit, but the important part is that these surplus military tent poles can be affordable, an affordable solution to getting antennas up without spending hundreds of dollars on a collapsible mast from one of the popular ham radio retailers. Yeah, a bit more bulk, but sure. Yeah. Particularly said, if you're doing something uh, permanent. Yeah. Yeah. That said, if your objective is soda, then maybe the tent poles are one uh, are not 
a great option, but for POTA, car or RV camping or home use, they are way cheaper Mm -hmm. and will hold more weight. These surplus military tent poles can be found for sale all over the internet and at military surplus stores and can be had for as cheap as $20 for four poles in some cases. Yeah. Main Trading Company also sells a speaker tripod that these poles work with to give you a tripod mounted mast. They um, Some of these poles actually have a base plate that's about six inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. And that base plate will work as kind of like the center position that you could technically guy off of. Mm-hmm. So that's that's another option too. A lot of those tent pole systems have those little base plates. This is a really good idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. David says, hope this helps someone out there with an affordable solution to get their antennas up and get on the air. Thanks for all you both do for the community. 73, David, W6MZT in South Central Indiana. This was sent with Winlink using oh. my FT891. Well Very done. Good. Thank you, David. Winlink email. Full of too. solutions and so many skills. Indeed. Yeah. The next email is titled Tangent. Hey there, Josh and Leah. Aaron here, W4ARN. I've been listening to the podcast for a few years now, but have yet to write, email, or call in. I've wondered over time what might eventually compel me to finally sit down to contact you guys. And it finally happened with last week's episode. Well, welcome to the tower, Aaron. Welcome. (laughs) As I set out to walk the doggo, I popped in my AirPods and fired up the pod where I had left off. Within a minute or so, I got to the section about ratchet strap game. (laughs) I'm very used to you guys going off on tangents and generally quite enjoy them. Due to some cooler weather that has moved in after a week of being in the high 90s, low 100s, Doggo and I decided to go for a longer walk today. As we neared the end, we were approaching our house. I thought to myself, man, this conversation has been going on for a while. So after we got back, I went back and did the math. 20 minutes. That's just over 11% of the three hour, 42 minute episode. I'm not mad about it or anything. I was just a little surprised. It sounds like you're disappointed. A little I'm bit. Sorry. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you take the time to sit down and do the math on it. Yeah, this is, it's, it's a little outrageous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Perhaps you guys revisit the topic later in the episode, which in which case I will need to reevaluate. But I had to stop right there to know what the exact length of time and percentage it was. Oh, right. Ham radio content. We've recently moved into a new house and the projects have been endless thus far. Also, my office is currently in the guest room, which is fairly small. We recently found out that my wife is pregnant. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. So what I thought was going to be my office will actually be the nursery. I haven't really had the time or space to shut up, set up my shack. So for now, it's just a Baofeng sitting in the charging cradle in the window. But I hope to find a place for my other gear soon. Finally, I never minded the old format, but admittedly, I'm quite enjoying the new order of things. Keep the pods coming. Well, thank you. And there's a follow-up. Okay. After finishing the episode, I found one more section about ratchet straps, but I also realized I made a math error, so I'm correcting myself and updating the numbers. Total time spent talking about ratchet straps, 21 minutes, 16 seconds. Total podcast length... (laughs) 
three hours, 42 minutes, and three seconds. Percentage of the podcast spent talking about ratchet straps, 9.6%. Cheers at 73. Okay. That's a lot of ratchet strap talk. Maybe. It, I mean, uh, it was more than just ratchet straps. <laughs> there were safety fair. cones. To be fair. There were safety cones, and then there was this. It was like, really a whole discussion this... about how to appropriately pack. Yeah, and I did find. I did find. There were there were multiple safeguards. That's... Mm-hmm. You are looking at me like you don't feel like there were multiple safeguards. <laughs> the next... Again, Rude Goldberg. <laughs> In, uh, uh, is not involved in packing a truck normally. The next email is titled Ronald Beavers. And this comes from our dear friend Jake. Greetings, ham radio dynamic duo. It has been a while since I have written into the podcast. Welcome back, Jake. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Life has been wild with the birth of my son in March and getting married in August. Oh, my gosh. Congrats and congrats again. Yes. Needless to say, I have had very little time to play radio, and it is also way too hot to go outside and do anything in Texas right now. It was 109 on Saturday. So there have been no POTA activations this summer, unfortunately. We're finally getting into cooler weather here. It was too hot. Feels good, man. Yeah. And this brings me to the real reason I am writing this email. On the last podcast, I stopped by the physical mail depot, and yet again, there was mail from the infamous Ronald Beavers. I am <laughs> beginning to think Josh has an alter ego and that Josh is actually Ronald Beavers. He is sending himself mail, being completely unaware of his alter ego. He is doing this just to anger the lady at the post office who gets mad when the P.O. box is full. Josh by day, Ronald Beavers by night. It's kind of like in Fight Club where Edward Norton's literally character Fight is Club is actually what... Tyler Durden. <laughs> yeah, but it's called Ham Club. Yes. <laughs> Hope you all get a good laugh out of this. I love everything that you do for Ham Radio. It makes the world a better place. It's uh, I turn into <laughs> it in when night falls. I turn into an eighty meters OM. Wow. Named Ronald Beavers. Wouldn't it be funny if Ronald Beavers was a ham? I wouldn't be surprised. It's possible. I'd be surprised. And this is from Jake. I should open up one of his uh, many Kaiser letters that makes it to <laughs> see if he has gout. Oh, no. <laughs> and that's KI5QXJ. Thank you so much, Jake. So good to hear from you again. The next email is titled My Ham Journey Plus EV and Solar Stuff. And this is from Eric. Okay. Greetings, Josh and Leia. First, I promise that this will lead into ham radio in a bit. This story begins about three or four years ago. My wife and I realized that I could retire before age 60. Mm. That started a number of thoughts about our future and what that might look like. First, we decided to look into building our retirement home. We know that this would involve solar as part of our energy systems. I started with a whole home energy monitoring, evaluated that, for a, evaluated that for a season. I then ordered some solar panels, batteries, and a five kilowatt inverter charger to play with. Mm-hmm. I built a 100 amp hour, 48 volt lithium iron phosphate LifePo4 battery with 
balancer to understand how it all worked. Okay. I then ordered six server rack style life po four batteries and set up seven 500 watt panels. Wow. Rewiring a portion of my shop to take advantage of the new power. I then test drove the Ford Mach E. Oops, I bought one. <laughs> I started looking <laughs> at all my gas powered lawn farm equipment and then started replacing all of them with electric versions that's that hilarious in, that included my riding mower leaf blower post hole digger etc oh and i placed a reservation for the ford lightning wow <laughs> on to my ham journey this all started in the early mid to mid 1990s well it's even earlier than that wait i have to make a comment on this <laughs> I uh, I had my reservations about the lightning. Mm-hmm. It is one of the greatest. I had a reservation about the lightning too. To, <laughs> it has been one of the greatest joys to drive, <laughs> and now that it's like coming up on time for me to get my own car, I just don't know what's going to compare. It cracks me I don't up. No, so I'm just not going to have anything that I like driving as much you, as that. Like it just it cracks me up so hard because when we talked about it, you're like, yeah, it's not that. Uh, it's not that I know I couldn't buy another vehicle. It's that I don't think anything will be as good. <laughs> and I went, dang. Okay. It just handles so well, and it's like the ride is so smooth, like a luxury car. Yeah, for everybody that's listening and they're going, oh, "It's a truck." What do you mean it handles well? It's uh, it's independent suspension. It drives it, like it's a not sedan. a straight. It's not a well. It drives like an SUV. It drives like an SUV. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, and then like, just like l- all not the cameras, the, the 360 camera is just unbeatable. <laughs> I mean, the, other cars have that. Even layout. even the the entertainment system and the games that are on it, <laughs> and that center console that makes it a desk. It's so functional. It's just, <laughs> it's hard. It's I, I don't know. <sighs> all right, my. My father has been a ham since the mid-1950s. My brother became a novice in the mid to late 1970s, and then later a general. I attempted to learn Morse code in my mid-teens and promptly gave up on it. Mm. Then, in the early 1990s, my brother told me that the code requirement was dropped for a new no-code technician class license. Mm-hmm. So I purchased the Gordon West audio cassette tapes and studied during my Yay. commute. Very good. I took and passed the no-code technician test in the mid-1990s. I got on the repeaters and had some fun. After a few years, that started to get a bit old, and then life took over. This spring... After almost 30 years of IT work and related fun, I gave my one-year notice to my company that I was to retire. I began to dust off my old hobby interests. I stumbled across the HRCC YouTube channel, among others. Hmm, Ham radio, perhaps. I need to reevaluate this older interest. In May 2023, I stumbled onto the HRCC podcast only to discover that the general question pool is about to change. Well, I haven't studied the old pool, so perhaps I should just study the new question. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Heck, let me take a practice test. With educated guesses and remembered knowledge, I tested and passed. 
Oh, wow. What? No way. I took the test again. Okay, I failed by one. I just kept taking the practice test for four to five days. Sure. And I was consistently passing. I scheduled my test via the W5YI system. I took my test on Dayton Hamvention opening day and passed my general. Oh. Congratulations. I was asked if I wanted to try the extra and I declined. Good thing I did as I took a practice extra exam and got only 40%. Mm. I then studied for the next three weeks during my lunch hour and was passing, passing consistently. I then took and passed extra in June. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations and welcome back to the hobby. Yeah. <laughs> and all the way back, right? Yeah. All the way to extra. Always be learning. To that end, I plan to get my private pilot certificate in early 2024. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. A new Lightning 10% off MSRP came on the market. So I picked it up and I'm enjoying not going to the gas station two to three times a week lifestyle. But you already had the mock e Yeah. Well, now there's a Lightning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our next chapter will begin soon. We are looking forward to the challenges and rewards to come. 73, Eric, KD7AOO. Well, that's fantastic. I loved it. Great email. Thank you. All right. Uh, and there's supposed to be pictures attached, Eric, um, of your dad's QRZ page and your brother's. But they're not attached, so I'm so sorry. Or I would comment on them, obviously. Mm, yep. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again, Eric. The next email is titled Ratchet Strap Opinion. <laughs> okay. And this comes from David. Leah, I heard your last podcast with the ratchet strap conversation. Just tell Josh he can't win because he never showed you how to use one. Love the podcast, David, AV9YG. It's not about... Thank you so much. There isn't a winner here, but we both lose if Leah does something dangerous in, a, in the truck. There's no winner. Getting the stuff to and from a place isn't winning, but having it fly out of the vehicle at 45 miles an hour and hit someone But I didn't or drive 45 miles per hour. I understand. I understand. But if that were to happen, we all lose. You and I lose. Oh, you're getting too serious about this. No, Everything's it's safety. Great. It's safety. Everything's great and fine. It's just about safety. Just because it was okay this time, it doesn't mean it won't be okay in the future. Right? Sure. In and future, I don't know if you're going to have a I'll supply of safety cones to... available. <laughs> I will always transport with safety I, cones. Apparently. <laughs> it's the untapped uh, solution to many problems, right? All right. The next email is titled, Funny Story. And this is also from David. I listened to your podcast from Post Huntsville 2021, and it brought back some memories of my youngest. Mm. It was 2005, and I had just put him to bed, started feeling really bad about the lower right quadrant. Needless to say, I ended up in the hospital with appendicitis. Oh, no. My XYL took me to the hospital, and our parents took care of the kids, school and daycare. He was four. The next afternoon, my XYL went to go pick him up, and the receptionist told her that they were so sorry for your loss. Needless to say, she was rather confused. 
The DC director repeated it, and my wife asked what was going on. He apparently told his teacher, my daddy died last night. <laughs> that's is, when I was dying of is, COVID. Yeah, yeah. When I'm at home dying of COVID. <laughs> and that's why mommy didn't come on time. And that's why. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a legitimate cover <laughs> that he used. It's just a little, a little too much gas. <laughs> he was milking it all day at daycare, and she took about an hour and a phone call to call me in my hospital bed to convince him daddy wasn't dead. So you see, little kids say the darnthest thing. Yeah. 73 from David AB9YG. Thank you for sharing that story. Oh, man. I can only imagine now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, Edison probably walked around all day just telling everybody, my dad's dying. <laughs> He's a goner. <laughs> just totally fine. Just totally, just just a matter of fact statement. Just, my dad's <laughs> out there dying. Like, this poor boy. And, and no, actually, they're probably like, why is he actually here if his dad's dying at home of COVID? Does he have COVID? They're probably also freaked out about this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next email is titled New Ham. Thanks for the help. Okay. And this is from Pieter. Pieter? Okay. Hi, Josh and Leia. Greetings from Seattle, Washington. Okay. Man, I love the Pacific Northwest. That's where we should have gone. That's for Labor Day weekend. We should have just got used there, the plane tickets. I told and you just there's go, a ham radio event coming up in the Pacific Northwest. And, and you're like, like hey, we can't go we can't to. Do it. We can't do it. And I went, okay. Or maybe Portland, because you still haven't been. We could visit our friend Chris in Oregon, who does the crabbing. Yes. You know? Yeah. All right. I just took and passed my technician license. Congratulations. Congratulations. 35 out of 35. Despite my worries about remembering atmospheric propagation stuff. Well done. Your test prep videos along with ham study were incredibly valuable. So I'm just writing to thank you both for all you do for the community. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. I took the test with the V's from Glarg and HRCC and had Heather as one of my examiners. Oh, Heather. You are so lucky because Heather is amazing. Fantastic. After the test, she recommended I check out the video you did at San Clemente Island. Looked like a blast. You know what, Pieter? I wouldn't know. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to getting more into the hobby and taking my general exam soon. 73, Pieter, KK7OGH. Thank you. That looks a little like Goff to me, like Van Goff. Oh, yeah. very good. All right. Thank you so much. And good luck on your general and congratulations again on your tech. All right. The next email is titled, Testing in Qatar. Oh, oh, (laughs) Testing in Qatar. Okay. Uh, And this is from Derek. Hello, Leia and Josh. It has been a long time since I emailed. Well, welcome back. Because I was on a quote-unquote government-funded non-voluntary vacation, (laughs) i.e. deployed to Qatar. I know what that means. For 10 months, and I didn't really have time to listen to the podcast. Well, that's okay. Thank you for your service. Anyway. Thank you. I have since caught up. Wow. 
Thank you for catching up. Wow. And can now email and actually get to listen. I did have the opportunity to operate radios in Qatar as they don't have a reciprocal agreement in the U.S. But after some research, I found out that I could have planned ahead and got a U.K. call sign. I could have, as they do have a reciprocal agreement. Since I couldn't play radio, what I did to keep myself immersed in the hobby as best I could was following the HRCC Discord, making ham memes like the infamous K6ARK holding Dale Gribble's antenna yes, meme. Yes, that is still one of my favorite memes well that done. has been made. So nicely done, sir. Studying for extra practice CW and learning to poorly work with code on Raspberry Pis and Arduino. I even made a working satellite pointer out of servos in the hopes of ramping the size up to use with my Arrow 2 when I got home. Okay. I still haven't gotten around to making that Arrow 2 antenna rotator, but I did buy some very large servos to attempt the project. Being home after being gone for so long means that there are plenty of projects that take priority over hobby stuff. I believe it. I mean, Josh hasn't gone anywhere and he still has a laundry list of things that he owes me. Like so many things. Gutters and a free little Gutters. That's a Yeah. <laughs> rainy season's whatever rainy season we have is coming up here. I know. Gutter the house so that I can fill my my thing, my reservoir of water. Yeah. Uh, we gotta talk about that. I don't think you fully understand. I do. I fully understand it. You don't. Yeah, I get it. You don't. Mm-hmm. All right. After a few months of studying for extra, I was lamenting on the HRCC Discord that I should have waited to study closer to when I got home so I wouldn't have to continue my studying so long until I can test. Mm. Then an HRCVE, Alec, and 4OG offered that I could test online. And I jumped at the opportunity. There you go. It was shortly after that I was able to take and pass my extra. Ooh. Congratulations. It was a very easy and relaxed process. And there was VEs willing to work with me on scheduling because of the time difference. My best time frame for them, unfortunately, due to my work schedule, was 7 a.m. my time, midnight Eastern time, and 9 p.m. Western time. Okay. Well, I'm glad you found a time where everybody was awake. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it sounds like it was a pretty difficult uh, option. Because it was such an easy process and a cool group of people, Mm -hmm. I decided to become a VE with HRCC. Well, thank you, Derek. That's awesome. It's a rewarding experience for me as it's the only hobby I can think of where you can volunteer to directly help people enter the hobby. That is true. In many. Yeah. If not most hobbies, you can help people to learn and guide just like an Elmer. But ham radio is the only one I know of that you can volunteer to help people meet the legal requirement for entry to the hobby. Yeah. I have only assisted with a few tests so far, but helping people meet that requirement is just so rewarding. I like that. Well, doubly yeah. thank you for your service, Derek. I'm going to wrap it up here and avoid the topic of toe straps. Derek N0 DCW73. Thank you, Derek, because I'm assuming that it's great. And they're not uh, not a toe strap. That's a whole different thing. That truly can be dangerous. This is a ratchet These are ratchet straps, tie downs. All right. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. 
this next <laughs> what could email possibly be going on is from hugo and it's titled why the preparedness corner is the worst segment i'm not going to read this hugo i won't take oh that looks like a lot yeah. of writing <laughs> Holy smokes. Hola, Leia and Josh. Before I tell you why the preparedness corner is the worst segment, let me introduce myself. I'm originally from the city of Huntington Park, California. I grew up around the cities of Bell, Maywood, and Downey. Okay, so so everybody knows if you're not from Southern California, Bell had like the worst incident of city council (laughs) corruption. Right. People, I think, ended up in jail. (laughs) Just. Big time. Like, th- these are people who uh, nominated themselves to get, like, two hundred to $300,000 raises. Yeah, and you have to c- consider that our city council doesn't even get paid, right. like, right. anything substantial. Mm-hmm. They have, I think, a car allowance, and then they get health care if they don't already but, have it. Uh, Leah, when you say car allowance, that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. You're talking, like, 100 bucks a month. It might be more than a hundred, okay, but but it's not thousands. No, it's not. It's certainly thousands. not adding up to tens of thousands. No, not even no, a no, ten no. of thousands. That's possible that it's a ten of thousand when you get all, all of together the... for the year. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's really shocking. Also, he's talking about growing up in those areas, and there's some rough and tumble areas uh, around there. Sure. Depending on where you're at, he's not mentioning, but. You know, just for everybody so they understand. First, let me apologize for my grammar. I went to the Los Angeles Unified School District during the 90s. I was listening to a previous podcast where you guys were talking about the schools around where you live. We had temporary, quote unquote, temporary classrooms. We called bungalows. We still have them. We still have them. They were not temporary. And I have them. I had them from my elementary school all the way to my senior year of high school. Mm Mm-hmm. I uh, just wondering if you guys knew about them and if they're still around. We yeah, had them. Absolutely. We, we still had have... them in Cal High. We had them in uh, Whittier. Had Our them. kids school still has them. They're Mr. Mr. Soto's class is a bungalow. The percussion good. band room is a bungalow. Really? At Whitney, I think. I didn't know that. Um, okay. Almost. Yeah. Every campus still has bungalows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure, because they didn't, they're not doing any fixed builds. Uh, Hugo has provided a link about how school portables became permanent classrooms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just. Who was surprised by that? Yeah, absolutely. Who was surprised? Yeah, you, you had a functional structure. They're going to use it forever. Right. They're going to use it till they can't when use they, it when anymore. Once they start wiring it for like electricity and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and there's uh, an air conditioner built in, it's like, oh, we're just going to use these. This yeah. is just what we're going to have. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I What's really um, interesting, I, I think I've mentioned before that I worked in um, uh, for a company that did school construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the premise for this school, like this construction company, was that over fifty percent of the building would be ma- manufactured. Mm-hmm theoretically cutting down the cost of the units because mm-hmm. if you build the whole thing on district land you have to pay prevailing wage but if you get a bulk of the trades done in manufacturing oh, oh, and you're just delivering and assembling yeah then theoretically 
your the speed at which you're building right it ramps up right and right cost, because you can be goes, building yeah. in the manufacturing while you're doing the improvements on the site right right and uh the biggest competitor was a company called modcraft i'm pretty sure they're still around um but modcraft basically made bungalows right and they thought that they were going to be able to make permanent classrooms in a somewhat comparable cost to Modcraft. And there's just no way because of the amount of finishing work that right. needed to happen for it to actually look like not a bungalow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I th there's actually some talk that, you know, if you go back to the 90s, some of those bungalows, like when when I was in high school and whatnot, that now, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm guessing that they had to swap them out at some point, mm -hmm. but they could be like a biological hazard. Oh, that's possible. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. given the the nature, the buildup, all those stuff, because they're basically like mobile home yeah. type stuff that have been mm -hmm. modified to be classrooms, if you will. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After high school, I decided to move out of California and move to Wisconsin since I had family there. Okay. I have called Wisconsin home ever since. Well. I'm I'm sure Wisconsin's very nice, mm -hmm. and California misses you. That's He's doing a lot of work here to lay the foundation of why the preparedness corner is the worst segment. So I'm 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 ready now to the preparedness corner. Yeah. While I was go. growing up in Los Angeles, my family and I lived in a neighborhood filled with gangs and violence. Okay, so I he saw did live in that area. My fair amount of shootings and stabbings. This was not something out of the ordinary in the neighborhood I lived in. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm older. Exactly and haven't lived in a big city in a while, looking back, it's crazy how I lived in that neighborhood for 18 years. Yeah. My dad would do his best to keep us safe by putting a fence around the house, having bars on our windows and doors, as it was common to see on other houses. He would do simple things like planting rose bushes in front of the windows, mm -hmm. which I have done in my current home. He would always quote Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Growing up in the 90s, we had the Y2K scare. My dad sticking to his quote from Benjamin Franklin, we stocked up on water, food, and a Radio Shack DX394 receiver. I currently own, and it is my first introduction to shortwave radio. Mm -hmm. Well, the computer-induced apocalypse never happened, but my dad kept stocking up on food and water because he would say, you never know. Growing up around preparedness and quotes from my dad, I have applied it to my family's life. When I met my wife, she thought I was nuts because, as she would put it, who in their right mind thinks about world disasters in the toilet paper aisle? I mean, like, us. <laughs> well, <laughs> that flash forward. Yeah. <laughs> well, having a stockpile of toilet paper in my basement when the pandemic happened didn't seem so nuts anymore. A couple of years ago, I bought a dual fuel generator, gas propane generator, which had been sitting for a while without being used. I got made a fun of by my in-laws because I had almost $1,000 sitting in the corner of my garage collecting dust. Well, last year it got used, not by me, but one of my in-laws. Besides having winters in the negative degrees, we have tornadoes. Last year we had a tornado touchdown close to where we live. We had strong winds that luckily only knocked down tree limbs that took down power lines across a couple of counties. One of my in-laws was affected. I got a phone call from them saying if I can let them borrow my generator since their power wouldn't be restored for a couple days. Ohana means family. 
Family oh, means no. nobody gets left behind or forgotten. Oh, no. So I drove it over to their place, but I caught myself smiling from ear to ear because once again, I was right and I had a chance to test one of my preps. So why is the preparedness corner the worst segment? Yeah, what the heck? In my opinion, it's because people don't want to hear and think about something bad, uh, that something bad can happen to them. Oh, sure. They're clinging to the good and are are afraid to let go. They don't want to think that the stores might run out of food or your car will stop working in the middle of nowhere or that the power might go out in wintertime and your water pipes might burst. What I have learned over the years is not to let preparedness consume your life. Look at it like car insurance. It's there when you need it. An extra week of food and water puts you ahead of many people. Allow yourself to be happy if not, you will look like crazy doomsday preppers from National Geographic TV show. Right. In the meantime, enjoy the good, but also embrace the feelings of dread. If something goes down, you deal with it with your preps. Sounds like a t-shirt to me. Yeah, I, I think that's, we, we talk about that occasionally, that people go too hard into everything. They go too hard into ham radio. They go too hard into prepping. There's there's a there's a balance you have to strike yeah. with a lot of that stuff. And, and you have to figure out what that is. And often um, it's the FOMO or the the fear of being left out, right? Mm-hmm. Fear of being left out and actually being in a deadly situation is what drives people to go prepper crazy. Mm-hmm. And FOMO, fear of missing out on some kind of contact, is what causes people to be like ham radio crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It, it happens the same. It's the same kind of feels. Mm-hmm. That's just a different kind of omnipresent dread that they're experiencing mm-hmm. right um it's it's you got to find that balance that's the most important thing see to me people like as a society across multiple countries mm-hmm. prepping was something that people did as a matter of life right like in agricultural societies people would figure out a way to store enough food to get them through the winter. That is a form of prepping. We had the Great Depression in the United States where people learned that they needed to have enough in case for one reason or another, they didn't have enough money. It's almost like a societal flex if you can say, well, our society doesn't have to prep. That's how good our social services are, right? I just that's, don't, that's, I don't believe that. But it doesn't that. exist, right? Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a faux, it's we, a feel-good statement. We have it's not seen a reality. time and time again how that's not true in an emergency. Uh, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it kind of it kind of rings to that hollow feeling that I get when whenever you told me that, like, in Vietnam, people are shunned if they breastfed. And yeah. that having a uh, formula was, like, a way to flex your wealth kind of thing. Yeah. And it, so it's it's purely like a, a, a feelings play. It's not based in reality. It's not based in actual right. evidence of what we know. Yeah. It's simply done to, like, feel a certain way, right? Yeah. And so by people not having to think about being prepared, it makes them feel like they've got things under control or they're just ignoring it so they don't ever have to think about it. That's possible. That's possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but, you know, there there are ways to effectively prep without it significantly impacting your finances, right? Because uh, this sure. joke about $1,000 sitting in a generator is... No, yeah, and I don't yeah. think that's where you start if you're going to prepare, 
Yeah. I think I mean, you're you going to start, start with by food, food and, and water. water. Yeah. That's the things that, the and things then you, you need. put them on rotation. Sure. So really, you just have a much larger pantry. Like the Kardashians have massive pantries filled with like way too much food and nobody looks at them like they're crazy preppers, but they 100% have enough food to last them for months if they needed to. Of course. Right? Right, right. So I guess in their case, their preps are more aesthetic, but. They're doing prepping now? What are you talking about? No, I mean, they just have these massive pantries that they do tours of. Oh, yeah, whatever. And it's just so much food and water and stuff. Probably but half of it isn't shelf stable. But it's like presented in a very aesthetic way. Right, right. You know? For the uh, the end of the world as we know it. It's really nice. I don't know if you remember bug ever out seeing uh, Kim Kardashian's house pantry. with Kanye West. But it was like a dystopian future. It, no. Like everything was just like white concrete. No, I did And didn't. just empty. It was no. so creepy. <laughs> So she was already living in the apocalypse. Right, right, right. She, <laughs> she was mentally She's prepared. hardcore prayer. Yeah. Hardcore prepper. <laughs> All right. Well, uh... Hugo signs off. Sincerely, the guy who left sunny California for the Wisconsin winters. Hey, you know, there's a little something for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. The next email is titled Link for Josh. Link for Josh. And this comes from the beautiful Charlene. Okay. Hi, guys. I'm behind in episodes. I've had some life stuff. I moved out. We're working on it. Uh, but I saw this video and I had to send it to Josh. You don't have to read this on the air or anything. But being it's Facebook video, I hope you're able to open it. I will drop this link in the show notes. Just in case it doesn't work, it's a 3D printed setup doohickey that will turn plastic bottles into colored filament. You probably already know about this, and I'm just late to what seemed so awesome, and I immediately <laughs> thought of you. And who knows? Maybe Leia will find it as awesome as I do, even though she's not into the 3D printer. I love the 3D printer, and I have many times tried to figure out the most eco-friendly way to make filament mm -hmm. and there is a, and i think i have already seen the video that charlene is providing but it is a system in which a guy took one of those bottle rippers right it's a razor right? blade that you feed the bottle into right and, and then you get it like strips it yes very long strips and yeah. then it feeds into an extruder yeah so it's it's a it's a 3d printing extruder Yes. It's a heating element. And then so it extrudes onto into, a spool right. that, that you know, collects it all into a 3D printing spool that you right. can then use on your printer. Uh, it's a really good idea, um, except for I found, mm -hmm. having purchased one of these strippers already mm -hmm. years and years ago, is that you have to take these bottles if they are not like the perfectly straight edge like shasta bottles mm -hmm. and you have to heat those bottles up so that they do become completely flat yeah that's not before you it's not that before you hard. rip it and yeah. it appears that for the most efficient ripping mm -hmm. you actually need to heat it up so that the plastic spreads just enough out so that it's not too thick for the blade I think it's more the uniformity of the of the the edge, mm. right? Because if you think of like a Sprite bottle, there's all those divots and stuff like that in it. Yeah. But if there's if there's a tiny bit of liquid, like 
a couple of drops in the bottle, and there always is. Mm-hmm. And you just hold it over a stove yeah. and twist it, you know, mm-hmm. turn it. It uh, it'll do it itself. Yeah, it'll pressurize and yeah. and get bulged out, and you're like you're good. It it's it's just like a process, right? Yeah. It's a process. And keep in mind that is not um, you have to have a printer that will print that material. Yes, that's not PLA. That's not PET G. Actually, I don't know what it is. I, I don't remember what exactly the, the bottle material is. But you have to have a printer that can actually It's a carcinogen. That. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Sure. Of course. Well, thank you so much for the suggestion, But very cool. Charlene. I've seen the video. I've seen actually a couple different videos of the same, you know. Yeah. Right. And Charlene signs off 73. Thank you, Charlene. Thank you Charlene K-E-8-Y-B-Z. Thank you. And now it's time. <gasps> It's time. I thought there'd be way more discussion on the ratchet straps, to be honest. There wasn't because it's fine. I said all that. I left it all. I left it all on the episode. It's it's fine. The last email is titled Hams are not at fault circa 1965. And this comes from chief head volunteer podcast co-producer Nathan. Not head chief. Chief head. (laughs) To the... (laughs) Three amigos, Josh Leia and Chloe Fox. You dirt-eating piece of slime, you scum-sucking pig, you son of a motherless goat. Hi there. (laughs) It is, yet again, K1MAZ, or should I say Juan Quilo? (laughs) Juan Quilo. There we go. I mentioned in my voicemail that I was going to bring to your attention an episode of an old TV show from 1965, Hazel. Hazel is a live-in maid for the Baxter family and takes care of the family through different situations. In season four, episode 21, entitled Stop Rocking Our Reception, the father of the family is trying to watch his family TV in the living room after a hard hard but he is getting squiggly lines and weird sounds Mm -hmm. he has a tv repairman look over the tv and the repairman says there's nothing wrong with it at the same time his young son mentions that his new friend from school that moved down the street has a short wave set and has been talking to people in brazil and other places so the father gets it into his head that it is the fault of the ham radio operator down the street it always is the ham radio sound familiar His son wants to become a ham and get his license and tries to defend his friend. The father of the ham, in the meantime, calls the power company to look into the issue. And guess what? Not the ham's fault. If people want to find out what it was that was at fault, you have to watch the episode. I will leave a link in this email. That link is going to make it into the show notes. There you go. It is a free Roku channel show with no login needed that works at least in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., not much of a cliffhanger, but I work with what I have for your viewing pleasure or not. Remind yourself of, <laughs> of a simpler time with modern parallels. 73 K1 MAZ Nathan. I always want to thank you both for your valued input on all subjects, agreed with or not, whether for security, tie down, strap techniques, push or pulleys, etc. You always want us to be safe, secure, not fast and loose. You both are the reason we keep coming back, writing in, calling in, shipping in, meeting up. Since HRCC is on the cusp of 300,000 subscribers, 
looks like within a thousand, I just want to shout out some of uh, some other channels that need some subscribers, although I don't think they have posted in some time. Let's see the power of <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> it's suggestions for Angry Shoverbot, which is Josh's old gaming channel. And I think that's my Steam. Yeah, and Swell Family, which uh, is a channel that um, I used to do family stuff on. I think Josh is in a couple of those videos, actually, I am. on Swell Family. Mm -hmm. I think that HRCC will win that race. Early congratulations to Josh and family, since without the support of your family, this would never have been allowed to happen. Leia gets all the credit. That's oh, true. That's so nice. Thank you. Yep. Behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes. Jim Carrey. Behind every great man is not a woman. She is beside him. She is with him, not behind him. Tariq Ramadan. As usual, there's a great woman behind every idiot. Ironically, John Lennon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yoko's kind of nuts. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Nathan. Uh well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize three hundred thousand was so close. Uh, less guess, than a thousand. I guess less it's, than one thousand subscribers. If, uh, if everybody can subscribe by the time September tenth rolls around, there's going to be a joint birthday party, <laughs> three hundred subscriber party. I was thinking of like do a live stream or something like that and just make contacts, be making contacts and have the like the live rolling in the background. Oh. So we're not going to go on a world tour. <laughs> we can with ham radio. <laughs> as you've said in the past. It's true. It's true. Travel the world on the airwaves. That's right. That's with right. ham radio. That's right. Well, that's I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. The fact you listen and send us feedback, your emails, your voicemails, all the things means a lot to us. 73. 73. We out.